Very warm welcome to you this morning. It's a little bit milder outside, not quite so cold, is it? So, not quite so cold to get things going in the morning. Well, a very warm welcome, especially if you're here for the first time. I don't usually come to Harvest Church, we just want to welcome you and glad to see you with us. If we can help in, in any way, in terms of just telling you about the church, then please do have a chat with a leader or somebody from the, the welcome team. Pick up a welcome pack from over the side there when you come this morning or when you leave this morning. That'd be really lovely. Okay, if we have any contributions to make this morning, we'd really like you to come forward and tell us about those. So please come and talk to me or to Andrew just to sort of say what uh, contribution you want to make and then we can make sure we can find a place for you to be able to speak and make sure you've got a microphone so that everybody can hear. And if you have children, please make sure they're ready to go downstairs. Is it after the third song today? After the third song today, as usual, so that they can actually get down and have some fun today in terms of just thinking about Christmas and moving forwards. That'd be really good. Christine is going to be leading us with the band in worship this morning. And just before we start, I just wanted to share a word which was on my heart this morning and felt that God wanted us to think about this. And it's the first few verses of the Gospel of John. And this has always been a scripture which has always spoken to me. Uh, because it's, 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 John is so deep in the way that he thinks about God. And it's because of his relationship with God that it actually helped him to understand who Jesus was, who God was, and to be able to relay it to other people in a way which was easier to understand. Although what he says is deep. So let's just think about this bit as we turn to worship God. It's just entitled, The Word Became Flesh. And John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So just think on that just for a second or two. Just think of Jesus being the light of the world and he is the light of our lives. And as we turn just to worship him and just to give him our praise and adoration, just thinking how that light has actually transformed our lives, how Jesus has transformed our lives and given us new hope, fresh hope, uh, and a new beginning for many of us in terms of putting away the old and then moving forwards in the new that God, Jesus, has given to us. Just, just pause just for a few seconds, just reflect on that as we begin to just get ready just to worship him. Father, we just pray you would lead us in worship today. Lead us in worship that we can sing to you, we can praise you, we can glorify your name this morning as we sing for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Chris. The theme this morning is Jesus' light. And we're going to start by singing My Lighthouse. And uh, if anyone wants to do the actions, Nadia's going to lead us in the actions. 
So let's stand if you're able and sing My Lighthouse.
Our next song is a Christmassy song. A can you hear the angel's song? And it's about the names of Jesus in the middle of it. Glorious names of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you came down from heaven and you were born as a baby. And you, you lived to show us a good way to live. And you died that we might be able to live it and that we could go to be with you in eternity. Thank you. Amen. Father, we pray that they will have a good time, that they will know your presence and that they will enjoy being with each other. Bless them, we pray. Amen.
Jesus, who is the light of the world, came in to the darkness of this world. And so we can worship him and sing light of the world. <coughs>
good morning. Um, I don't watch Survivor. Does anybody watch Survivor? A few of you. Um, I caught the end of it last night, and uh, the guy that was voted off went along, uh, whatever his name was, the presenter, took him aside, and he uh, put out his light, and he left the island. And I thought it was very appropriate for today, we were talking about the light. Um, and I was reading in the week, it, it says in Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, and the light will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. And as Christians, as those who love Jesus and ask him into their lives, we have his light in us. And I just want to say to you that your light is never going to be extinguished. When you leave this world, your light will never be extinguished. You're going to be with him. Um, and just another thing to that, you can bring all your darkness, all your troubles, all your sins to the light this morning. So I'd encourage you, don't live in darkness. This world is incredibly dark at the moment. Bring, your, bring yourselves, bring your darkness to the light, to Jesus, who will heal you and will bring you into this wonderful light. I think it'd be good just to pray uh, and uh, you know it's easy for somebody to pray at the front and we just go amen but actually let's all pray you may be sitting here in your heart thinking I need some of that I've let the darkness creep in God forgive me let your light shine that's a great prayer to pray Jesus let your light come and shine in my heart I want more of you in my life Banish shame. Banish fear and anguish and anxiety. Jesus, you're the light. Come and shine in each of our hearts. Penetrate the darkest corners. I know we want that to happen in this world around us. Help us to bring that light that light you give us to those places we go where it's dark for those people who don't yet know your light who haven't yet received your light help us to be light to them to point them in the direction of you Lord Jesus come help us we need you we need your light in our lives come spirit of God let it burn strongly and brightly the love of God the light of God, let it burn strongly in our lives, we ask. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're so good. Mm. Just pause for a moment. Allow him just to come and do something there. Our spirit to come and just uh, touch you afresh, to fill you afresh.
Let's continue to worship him. You may want to stand, you may want to sit, that's entirely up to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Help us to honour you, not just with our lips, but with our lives. Amen. And I believe I'm handing over to John Sage now. Thank you. Can I invite Jafet to come and join us? Um, I'm John. I'm one of the deacons here, and I help overlook, oversee uh, the international missions that we get involved with. Uh, Jafet, I think you're going to share with us for a couple of minutes on what you're going to be getting up to for the next three months. So I'm uh, Jafet, and for the next uh, three months, I'm going back to Mali, my home country. And uh, for those who know me, before I come back uh, to live here in the UK, I was working for a mission called uh, Youth with a Mission. So while I'm there in Mali, I will be working for them, doing evangelism, and also working for the Center Gedeon. Center Gedeon uh, Foundation was uh, laid by youth from this church here. I think that was uh, how many years ago? I don't know, I can't remember. 18 years ago. So basically it is uh, youth people and uh, we train them to do sewing or, or some tailoring and we help them to set up their own businesses. So I will be there too. And uh, in the meantime, I will also see my family. And of course, uh, enjoy the sunshine. because the temperature will be in December between 15 and 25, so um, we'll be pleased. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jafet. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. God will be with you at all times. We know that travel in and around Mali isn't always easy for a number of reasons, but we know that God will be with you. So we just want to pray for you now in that. Father, we thank you for Jafet, we thank you for his heart and desire to, to go back to Mali, to get involved with St Gideon, the outreach, the businesses set up, the enterprise of that, uh, the youth with a mission, the outreach of evangelism with the local churches. Lord, there's going to be a lot going on and we just pray that you will give Jafet all that he needs in that. We pray that you'll give him wisdom, you'll give him peace and that you'll give him safety and security in all that he's doing and all that he's involved with. We also lift up Ali and the family and pray that you'll be with them here in the UK, that they'll know your peace, comfort, 
and uh, support throughout this next three months. Lord, be with them all, we pray, and be with Jafet. Give him blessings and wisdom in all that he's involved with, we pray. Amen. Lost Graham somewhere? Where's Graham? There's Graham. Graham, you're going to come and share God's word with us? Fantastic. So I just pray as you come up. That's fine. Father God, just thank you for, for Graham. As he brings your word to us this morning, Lord, we just pray that we'll be able to absorb your word, take it into our lives so that we won't just listen here and it'll be gone, but it will stay with us, Lord. It will be part of you, Lord, that comes to be part of us and that we can just know your word and know that it is for us, Lord. Help us to, to live in your light, Lord, and to understand what that means. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, I'm on, thank you. Uh, my name's Graham, I'm not usually here, I'm usually behind here at the back, playing guitar or something like that, so, so we're swapping roles. Perhaps next week we should have a special elder band <laughs> with, with Rob on the electric guitar, led by and Andrew, they're singing, and Sean on the drums. Yeah. Is that a good idea? <laughs> Perhaps not, okay. Um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. This is a bit later in John from what, uh, what Rob read earlier. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but would have the light of life. It's an extremely powerful statement, okay? It's arrogant, isn't it? Unless it's true, okay? It's, it's, it's arrogant. I'm the light of the world. Follow me, Jesus said. But I believe it's true. But... Uh, it, it's a very powerful statement. So what I'm going to try and do in the next 15 minutes or so, if I can fit it in, is to try and understand what light means from what the Bible tells us, and then try and, try and apply it as well a bit. Um, first thing I'd say is, is Jesus didn't say, I am one of the lights of the world. Perhaps you'd like some help along the path you've decided for your life. If you're comfortable with my advice, and want to take it on board, then it may help you. Jesus didn't say that. That is nonsense. That is like a 21st century version of what Jesus... We like, we like Jesus, and we like what he says, so we'll pick and choose, and we'll take on board some things. I make a decision for my life, I decide my life, and so on. And, and no, this is not what Jesus said. He said, follow me. You get a choice. He said, follow me, and that has certain implications. You've got to take him very seriously. So I'll move that nonsense off. <laughs> Four headlines. What does, what, does, um, what does it mean by light? Well, let me put it this way. I was wrestled a bit with this one. He sets God's standards for the whole world. Now, that sounds a bit like a whole list of rules, but stay with me. I'm a teacher. And I have my students this year, they have to do a project. I have to lead them through a project. They build computer software, and they have to document it and so on. And at the beginning, I say to them, um, this is what you have to do. And by the way, this is a project from last year that was really good. This is what good looks like, okay? Now, what this is, Jesus is what good looks like. It's God saying, 
This is what good looks like. Look at this. Take it seriously. Secondly, he reveals God's character in full. That's astonishing. It might seem obvious to us now, but put yourself back 2,000 years. Rome is the dominant power. There are lots of gods. They're all a bit half-baked. There's Zeus and there's Hermes and there's Diana and, and all these gods, and they all do various things. And there's the Jews who know something about the real God, but they're, a bit, they're nobodies. And then Jesus comes along and said, I'm going to reveal fully what God is like. So that's the light that Jesus brought. And it was astonishing for its time. Thirdly, he provides a path for us to follow. And he wants us to follow it. He could have just turned up and said, this is what's right and you're going to do this. But he actually gives us a choice. He wants to work with us. That's astonishing. The God of the universe reveals himself in full and says, by the way, people, I want to work with you. I want you to follow me and go with it. And what else? He transforms and renews our inner life. There's a strong sense in the idea of light coming, not just light, oh, we now know something better, but there's a transformational issue here. There's something going on. Things are going to change. Things are going to get better. So... Uh, We'll start with a bit of a Bible study now. We're going to look in the Bible for what, what the other, how we understand light. Okay. Um, in John's letter, this is the same John, but it's one of his letters. It was a bit later. He wrote this. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves his bro their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in the light Sorry, nothing in them to make them stumble. So then, the first thing we can say, what are the qualities, characteristics of Jesus' love, of Jesus' light, sorry, is love. That's not all. But we can say that love is part, part of what Jesus expects to be. If, if, you, if you say, I'm following the light of Jesus, okay, first off, are you loving your brother? Are you loving your brothers and sisters? And Jesus would put even more widely, are you loving your neighbours? That's fairly straightforward, isn't it? Now, we could do a very extensive Bible study and come up with a load of other words, but I've done the Bible study for you, and so here are the words. The next characteristic of Jesus' light is goodness and righteousness. That's part of love, yes, but goodness fairly obvious. Righteousness means living rightly. Living rightly before God. That's not a hard thing because God created us so he knows how we should be living. But it is part of the light of Christ that he says live rightly. What's the next one? Purity and holiness. Light has a very strong sense um, of purity and holiness. Light is particularly powerful lights, they show up the dirt, don't they? And they are very pure. This is also, if you see this list, I'm constructing a list of the of qualities of light, but also this is Jesus' character, isn't it? Jesus is in himself. He is the light, he brings light, but his character, everything that he did, is also in this list. He's the most loving uh, and righteous and pure man that ever was. And guess what? He calls us to the same, doesn't he? 
What else? Truth and integrity. Wow, that's something else that is in really part of light. Something that has to be true and real. Again, the light shows up what is real and what isn't. So Jesus spoke the truth and he brought new truth as well. We'll talk about that in a moment. Integrity. You can rely on Jesus because he speaks truth and, and, and does so consistently. wonder whether this is going to work. Right. Um, it does. So the light, we've just kind of outlined some of the qualities of light. Love, goodness, righteousness, purity, holiness, truth, integrity. Those are all things uh, that are implicit in what the, what the Bible says. If, if, you look in this, if you study scripture, you can see that, that those words come out. The light also does, does certain things. Number one, it dispels darkness. Said if you turn a light on, you sharp the dirt immediately. And Jesus' character was such of such quality that he shows up the bad stuff in the human race. Now, it wasn't unknown before, but Jesus makes it very clear what is good and bad. Rob read this earlier, didn't he, from John chapter one. He says, The light has come and the darkness has not overcome it. There is a sense of battle. There is a battle between light and darkness. There is a battle between God and the devil. And in one sense, Jesus' coming, which we celebrate at Christmas, was a declaration by God, I'm, in, I'm, I'm reinvading this world for you. I'm going to win. And there's a sense of, of battle. You know, the, the, the devil is real. Demons are real. Human sin is real. I mean, who's not looked at the news recently and thought, look at the depth of human sin? Look at it. It's a battle. And that's, that's got to be realistic about it. So it reveals sin. It shows us clearly if, if Jesus lives in a certain way and says certain things, he sets the standard and everything else falls by the way. Uh, everything that's not in line with what Jesus says is sin. We are sinful. Now, there's a problem. God's got a problem with us because if we are, we are part of the darkness here, Part of the light of Christ is a revelation. Part of the truth he brings is a revelation that says you are sinful before God and you need salvation. But the wonderful thing is that salvation is brought through faith in Jesus Christ. Redemption is brought. That's part of the revelation that Jesus brings. I'm not going to say too much more because Andrew's going to speak more on this this evening, so I shall move on. <laughs> Big subject. Okay. Light also brings guidance and it brings purpose. The light, for the Bible is described as a light for your path. We know where to go. Follow Jesus and you will know where to go. I can't help but feel British society is in some decay. And I think, particularly since COVID, you get the sense out there, people don't know what's going on. They don't know which way is up. What are we doing? We have no idea. Um, the light of Jesus is very clear. And finally, there it is. It popped up hope. What, what is hope? Well, biblical hope is not, um, we hope it's going to get better, cross your fingers. It's very much the sense of, we are sure that God is going to win. We are sure that the light is going to prevail. We have every confidence. At the end, 
Jesus returns and the light prevails. At the moment, there is some light and there is some darkness, and there is a fight going on, but the light is prevailing. We can be confident in that. That doesn't mean our lives are easy, but things actually, over the last 2,000 years, and I'll come to that in a minute, I believe have got better in many, many ways because of what Jesus has done. Now you may say, well that's lots of nice words, and I kind of agree with that, and that's good things. What does that mean in practice? Isn't this all a bit um, hypothetical? Well, hopefully not, because um, what did Jesus actually have to say that was really practical? Well, he had an awful lot of stuff to say that was really practical. Um, If you look in Matthews chapter 5, 6 and 7, uh, homework, by the way, is if you haven't read it recently, please go and read it. My Bible has the words of Jesus in red, and I've got almost three pages of red here, where Jesus talks and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. See how it links to those previous, um, those previous words I used, like goodness, truth, and purity. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, I in my kingdom, my kingdom of light that's coming, I'm going to feed the poor. I'm going to lift people up. I'm going to seek peace. I'm going to create peace, make peace. I'm going to pursue justice. He talks all sorts of very, very practical things. He talks about purity. Okay, you've heard it said long ago, don't be angry with your brother, but Jesus says if you're even, oh sorry, don't kill, but Jesus says if you're angry with your brother, he sets a very high standard. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you, if if you look at a woman lustfully, You've already committed adultery. That's purity in practice. Very clear teaching. He also talks here, and we, we can't study, we haven't got time. Um, love your enemies, Jesus said. Wow, that's challenging, isn't it? Um, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek. I think that's not about pacifism so much as about pride, but... He talks about prayer, fasting. He talks a lot about money. Is it your money or is it God's money? How you deal with your money is very important. And he talks about not worrying. So there's a whole load of really practical stuff in, in, those, in, those, uh, in that, uh, those three chapters. So, but then halfway through, he's talking about all those practical things, those applications. He says this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So Jesus is preaching on all this practical stuff about purity, about feeding the poor, about seeking justice, really nitty-gritty stuff. And then he suddenly says, by the way, you people listening to me. So he's talking to his disciples and everybody who listened to him. You are the light of the world. I'm the light of the world, but I want you to be the light of the world too. And I want you to shine. I want you to be really obvious. I want you to be like a, like a what is it? A lamp, a lamp on a stand. And I want you to do these good deeds. It's very straightforward and blunt actually, isn't it? 
we say we're, 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 our society outside is, is lost and Jesus says well feed the poor be pure in your life seek righteousness pray I want you to do these things and I want you to be sh shining out we've all got to be lights we can get a bit twee about being lights can't we but um, you know it, it's really blunt here Jesus says here see this teaching I want you to do that okay Challenging, isn't it? Very challenging. What's, what's the time? Time is running. I'm going to skip that bit because I've said. Now, uh, who, who likes Doctor Who? Right. We're going to go on a. We have a slide. We're going to go on a bit of time travel and, uh, and traveling around the universe for, for a few moments. Lighting up the world for 2,000 years. It's one of my, my things. I really think that God has been a light. Jesus has been a light. And it really actually happens in history over the last 2,000 years. The things, a lot of really good things have happened over the last 2,000 years. People think it's all bad. No, a lot of really good things have happened. And they've come out of God's people. So here's a quick list. There are seven on my list, so don't worry. I could have been 70. Uh, food bank. Well, that's a very modern one. But you know, this food bank was put together by the church and is run mostly by Christians, although not entirely. Throughout history, God's people have fed people who haven't got enough. And we're doing it now. That's exactly what it says here. That's great, isn't it? The Red Cross organization is Christian-based, Christian set up in the 19th century, we're back in the 19th century now, by a man, Swiss Christian, who was horrified by the conditions... Um, that um, troops were all being injured and they weren't being looked after. So he set up this organization in the name of Christ to help people. I noticed last week that the Red Cross was in Gaza helping do exchanges of prisoners and, and hostages and so on. It's wonderful that the light is there. It really is. Christian aid, well, that speaks for itself. It's a big charity that is doing uh, development work in the name of Christ. Human rights. Oh, that's a big subject, isn't it? It doesn't sound like a charity to me. Human rights, you think, well, that's the, um, the United Nations Resolution or the uh, Declaration of Human Rights, which was 1949. Everybody should be respected and so on. That is very strongly rooted in Christian thinking. In Christian thinking, everybody is made in the image of God. Therefore, we should all, be we should all show each other respect and value each other. It's very simple. It's apparently in the 11th century this was first written down in a, um, in a university that the, that the medieval church built. And they started writing down things about rights for humans. Hey, and it's now seen as a rather secular thing, but it isn't really. Oh, a lot of our education system in the last, particularly in the West, has been very strongly influenced by Christians. Um, the whole Sunday school movement in the 19th century, teaching poor children basics of reading and writing. That was Christians who did that. That turned into the state school system we now have. Okay? Um, well, the one particular example, there's actually a college in Cambridge called Jesus College was put there to train preachers. And it's a similar story. I'm skating over a lot of stuff here. But I told you, like Doctor Who, I'm kind of whizzing around the universe. Uh, hospitals. The hospitals were first hospitals were built in the third century by, guess who? It was the church. Okay, all through the medieval period, most of the churches in Europe were built, most of the hospitals in Europe were built by the church because people were taking 
this seriously. And you look back and you say, oh, surely the medieval church was terribly corrupt. Well, I'm sure some of it was, but I'm sure some of our current church is, you know. And in fact, if you look at the evidence, they're doing this, aren't they? They're looking after the sick. There's a particular... Have I got time to say this? All right, okay. Oh, 20 minutes? No. Um, the Nazareth Hospital... It was particularly struck me. I went with my wife five years ago. We went on a tourist tr tour of Israel. Um, and we were in Nazareth doing the tourist thing. And we looked up, and there's a modern complex of buildings there. And we thought, that's strange. It looks very nice. And, and we looked it up, and it turns out to be the Nazareth Hospitals, or Hospital. No, yes. And I looked it up. And in 1850, a Palestinian man went to Edinburgh to train as a doctor. And he then went back to Palestine, what was Palestine, I could be careful what I said. He ended up in Nazareth, and he established a um, charitable institution to look after people as a hospital. And it's there today. It's a modern, high-functioning hospital. And if you look it up, look at the website, it says, uh, healing people in the name of Jesus since 1861. I thought, terrific, you know. The light of God is real. It really is there, and it's been there throughout a lot of history. Last one, this is, this is a bit controversial these days, but the fact is that a man called William Wilberforce, a Christian man in the, eighth, I think it was the 18th century, yes, I think it would have been the 18th century, he was in Parliament, and he basically pushed for the abolition of slavery, got a lot of other Christians together, and other people, and eventually persuaded the British government to outlaw it in 18... 07, I think it was. It's very early in the 19th century. And it was outlawed at that point, and the, and the, and the Royal Navy went round uh, stopping trading vessels, which is astonishing, given Britain had previously been behind it. But it was changed. It was adjusted. Um, uh, so, particular uh, thing. Okay, we'll get off the TARDIS now, shall we? <laughs> we'll come back to real things. Um, but I wouldn't want you to think that Jesus was just a great man from 2,000 years ago and he's inspired lots of people. The fact is, he is alive now and he is working through his church in all sorts of places across the world. His words, Jesus said, my words will never, will never end. And by his spirit, I believe Jesus moves directly and does good things. So, let me put it this way to you if I can. So those who follow his light, repent and believe and have eternal life, have, sorry, repent and believe, have eternal life, and, and do the good deeds Jesus asked for, to give glory to the Father. I'm trying to summarize now. That's what Jesus expects. He wants us to know him, but he also says, go be light, go do the good deeds. That's what I'm expecting. So what are we doing at Harvest Church? We're, no, we're not blowing our own trumpet. But he did say, Jesus did say, put your light up on a, on a, on a, on a rack. We have a couple. Um, what are we doing? Well, we do a lot of things. These are just examples. We have Christians Against Poverty, which is an office here, which helps people out of debt. We have One Way, which is an organization which just helps people who are struggling, struggling in life. We're doing this, yeah? We're taking this seriously. Food bank. I already mentioned that. Through that wall or just downstairs there is the food bank. Uh, a lot of it's stored down there. We've got a caring fund. 
give people money, I mean, not willy-nilly, we do it in a, in, a, in a managed, careful way, but if people have a need, they can ask. We have Lighthouse, which is a group from West Sioux, who looks after people with learning difficulties. Those are all just examples, but in each case, we're here to glorify our Father in heaven. God has given us so much, so therefore we should overflow, and we should be light. How can we shine then, given what's just been... Those, um, what's it call them, qualities of Jesus, qualities of his character, he wants us to have those qualities. Love, goodness, righteousness, purity, holiness, truth, and integrity. Bit of a tall order, you think? Oh, I think it is anyway. But the wonderful thing is, these are also the qualities of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit has the same character as Jesus. And the Holy Spirit lives in us, because that's what a Christian is. So the Holy Spirit can help us with these things. We're not going to be able to do them on our own. The Holy Spirit has the same character. And we can become what the Bible calls children of light. So, a few more practical things. In everyday life, what can we do? Well, we can love the people we find it difficult to be with. This isn't a definitive list, by the way. This is just a few suggestions. We can pursue peace with our neighbours and our work colleagues. That's pretty important. I, I'm always saddened when I hear about families where, you know, Auntie Flo hasn't spoken to cousin, cousin so-and-so for 30 years. Jesus says, do something about it. Now, we need to do it carefully and prayerfully, but Jesus says, do something about it. You know, pursue peace, seek peace. We can pray as well. I mentioned Gaza earlier. We've got horrible things going on across the world at the moment. But we can pray, and it does make a difference. And we can make sure we treat people justly and fairly at work. That seems a bit dull, doesn't it? But the Bible is actually very, very strong on this subject. Treat people respectfully. Pay people properly. Uh, and, and show them decency in all that you do. You are being a light if you do that. And we are obeying Jesus and lighting up the world. So, one more. In, uh, one more slide. Ephesians, Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and 5, there is a whole chunk of, uh, uh, on this from Paul. Uh, and I haven't got time to read it all because there's quite a lot of it. But I'll just give you one verse to finish. Uh, this is Ephesians 5.8. It's well into the passage. For you, this is he's talking to the church in Ephesus, but it applies to us. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Rob, can I hand back to you? Can we just leave that slide on for a moment, please? Just for uh, ground leases. Actually, you can sit down. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you. Um, it's interesting while Graham was speaking, there are lots of things that were coming to my mind. But there's one thing constantly came back. 
Chris Graham was speaking. And it's to do with this idea that he summed up in the end in terms of the light being in us, but being able to be seen by others. And God reminded me of something I haven't thought about for probably over 40 years, which is when I lived in the Congo for a couple of years, I lived in a village where they didn't have any electricity. So we had no light, you just switch on and off. So it was all paraffin lamps. And I hadn't realised when I got there that you do not put a paraffin lamp low down. It has to be high up. And the, the mugger where I was living had wooden stands which were portable, which were about this high, so you put the lamp right on top of the stand so it would light up the whole room. And that slide just says that all in a nutshell, doesn't it? Mr. Graham has been speaking. We can be that light in the world, but we shouldn't be afraid of standing out and being different so that people can see God's light and receive God's light through us. Sounds like a big challenge, but it is a big challenge, but it's something that I think God can do in us. And let's just pray. Father God, we bless you. Thank you for Graham's word to us this morning. Thank you that you've reminded us of the power of your light and the need to live in your light and to share that light with others by all the different things that we can do, particularly in helping others. And Father, we pray that you will give us guidance, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, so that we can be able to share your light with others, Lord, that we can shine, Lord, for you, through your power, through your glory, through your Holy Spirit. We know we can't do it by ourselves, Lord. We're useless at trying to do things by ourselves, Lord, but we know through your power we can be a light to others and we can bring others to your kingdom to be part of your kingdom lord by shining your light give us that energy and power and strength lord give us the words lord to speak to people about you to share your light with others and may we be a church lord a group of people or a church who just shine your light to others lord that others might be drawn to you in numbers, Lord, not just one or two, but numbers and numbers of people drawn to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just have that, whoops, so I don't forget anything. Just a few announcements, a few things just to think about. Carol service tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, for about an hour, so families and guests are very welcome, so do invite people to come along. Next week the 24th there'll be no morning meeting so please don't come here in the morning because you won't be able to get in there will be a midnight meeting starting around 11:30, so you probably need to get here about 11:15, something like that okay so we, before we start and to start 11:30, and there will also be a short christmas day meeting at 10:30. it's been really good to have people this this morning as guests or people who haven't perhaps come before um, if you are here and you'd like more information, please pick up a welcome pack over there near the door. You'll see people with yellow shirts on who welcome people. They can also show you where it is if you're not finding it. It's been good to meet together this morning in God's eyes, hasn't it? And to see what God is doing, to enjoy worshipping God, to enjoy hearing God's word. Please try and take some of that with you because it's not just for today, is it? It's for actually sharing with our neighbours, our people around us, people we work with, that we can actually be part of that light in people's lives. Bless you. And uh, if you have children here, you've got about three minutes, please, before they need picking up. So please do go and pick them up promptly. 
that allows other people then to actually get cleared away and sorted out. Thank you very much indeed.